Hi, my name is Philip Work, and welcome to my first deal, which ultimately led to millions. The first deal you do in real estate, no matter what your net worth, usually defines what type of investor you are. It's either the thing that inspired you the most, or it was the bad one, and you learned from your mistakes. And we will interview some very successful investors and in local real estate groups from all over the country so that you can get inspired. Whether, whether you are a very advanced investor or you're brand new at this. So I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Richard Fallon. Richard Fallon is right here local in Houston, Texas as well. And he started real estate investing probably before I was born in the 80s, right? So he's been through all the ups and downs in every real estate cycle that you could think about. And uh, he's got a very impressive portfolio. He's moved from fam uh, single family to commercial. He also owns the, the biggest fireworks stands here in Houston, Top Dog Fireworks. And we're also business partners on several deals. We've got a mall deal that we're partners on in Florida, uh, QP, the social media app, real estate deals and everything in between. We're members of the Investors Net Worth together, the High Net Worth group, and we're also board members on each other's companies through the Chairman Group with Adam Coffee. So get ready to learn from one of the best in the business right here in Houston, Texas, your first real estate deal, which ultimately led to millions. Richard, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Thanks. I'm great. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing amazing. We're, you know, back of just coming from an amazing event and golf together yesterday with, you know, with Mike Slade and Hugh Hilton. That was, that was great. So um, I'm, I'm excited, super enthusiastic and happy to have you on the show today. So yeah, my thanks. question, first of all, is, you know, what motivated you to pursue real estate, your first deal? Well, when I first started looking at stuff, I figured if I owned one rent house free and clear, it would pay a car note the rest of my life. And if I owned two, then it would pay when I got married, it would pay for my wife's. If I had four more, they would pay for like my house. And then whenever the house I wanted was worth more money, whatever, the four houses would pay for it, even with inflation and stuff going up. So that's kind of what started me. And then uh, in the mid 80s, they uh, I had a couple of guys come up because I was thinking about getting out of it. They told me what they would pay for my houses. And I thought, you know, if they're buying them that cheap, I can buy it cheaper than they can. So forget about selling, I'm buying. So since about 1985, I've been buying ever since. So pretty cool i do the fireworks i do ai so and you can see i have a clinic for frequency healing as well as other things it's kind of a hobby but it's uh, it's kind of a passion too yeah that's awesome and you know my story is a little bit similar when i was younger i i, I had asked my dad i remember asking him say dad if i go to college and so i'm like a junior or senior in high school and i said what what if i buy a house when i go to college and i can rent the rooms out to my friends and if i rent enough rooms then i could live in the house for free and ultimately they'd be buying the house for me right so that was kind of my first idea of of getting into real estate and dad told me you know what son if you save up a 20 percent down payment and you know work on your credit then when you're ready to go to college you can probably get approved for a loan so i was like okay that sounds great and I remember one night I was watching late night television and an infomercial came on. It was an old man sitting against a bar stool talking about his home study system on how to buy houses with no money, no cash, no credit. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a shortcut, you know? And so that's, yeah. what, that's what started. That's what started the journey for me. So, so 
what when was your first real estate deal? What was that 1985? Uh 1972, the year I graduated from college. I mean from high school. Wow. I bought my first rent house. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. So and then the there were a couple of major changes. One was the one I told you about where am I getting in or out? And then in uh, 1989, I got a divorce and I thought, you know, I need to do something for me. So I started looking, they're CCIM courses, so they're great for real estate. Hang on just I'll pause it. Hello. I'm on pause. There was a friend, JT Fox. So Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, when Richard's important, when JT Fox calls, we got to pause the recording. <laughs> kind of cool though yeah that's awesome i love jt he's really really got some powerful coaching and training and business opportunities and yeah always next level stuff right yeah but uh anyway you were talking about um your i guess your first deal kind of thing yeah and then uh when i when i i got a divorce in 1989 so i wanted to do something for me so i looked at CCIM and I thought that was pretty cool. There weren't any in my area. So I started taking the course of this and I fell in love with them. It was awesome. So it really was like a master's degree, but it taught me so much about, uh, you know, it's helped me so much since then. Uh, everything I do, I use the CCIM knowledge and, and some of the things they do. And so it changed my life. So CCIM for people that don't know, I'm familiar with <clears throat> Yes, yeah, called Certified Commercial Investment Member, but it's a commercial designation. But anyway, they teach you at a high level. Uh, if you're an investor, it teaches you as an investor. If you're a broker, it teaches you how to be a better broker. But anyway, some of the pieces I was missing and understanding how to project out and predict, it's just it's changed my life. So that was 1989 and 90. I took the courses. And then uh, 1995, I got my designation. And so, uh, anyway, no, no looking back. It's been great. Yeah. So that's really what led you into getting into commercial deals, right? So going from single family to multi, <clears throat> your multi-family commercial properties as well. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we we had apartments at one time. I had two hundred and fifty something. I managed another two hundred, and I had another fifty something. And then uh, also somewhere in there, I owned about two hundred rental homes, but. It's a lot of management running that company, as you know. Yeah. And so I thought, well, let's go less management and uh, let's look at commercial. So because I can do a lot more volume if I'm doing commercial. But uh, for instance, in the I don't know, I'm going to say 1986 or 1987 uh, broker brought me a deal. They There were three duplexes, three bedroom, bath and a half. They were brick, central air and heat, but they were not in the best part of town. Tenants were living in them, weren't paying any rent, and ask her, you know, why don't they evict them? Well, if you evict them, they're gonna, the units are gonna be tore up in that neighborhood. So, so I said, okay, I'll buy them. So it was sixty-seven hundred dollars for all three units, all three, wow. and I, I, they let me protest the taxes. So I actually ended up saving another two thousand on property taxes. So my net cost was about forty-seven hundred dollars. So I'm sitting there with the building. I'm paying the water bills and taxes and insurance, but I'm not getting any rent. But I'm pretty happy with the price. <clears throat> so I finally met a guy, and he said, "Well, I'll live over there." And 
I said, okay. So we evicted one tenant at a time. He moved in the first one. We evicted one at a time, redid them, and uh, sold them for over 200 probably six or seven years later. So um, wow, pretty, pretty nice deal. So, Well, so that brings up a question for our audience and people listening, because a, a lot of people think sometimes, you know, most people will say, well, I wish I would have started sooner. And I, like you, started at a very young age. I was 21 when I bought my first house, so you definitely got me beat there. But, you know, when we're talking about the 70s and the 80s and they're like, well, am I too late? You know, so what do you say to somebody that's getting started? Like, when's the time to get started and are they too late? Well, no, it's never too late. Uh, but you, you, you need a mentor. You need somebody that can help walk you through the, the, rough, the rough edges because it's, it's as easy as it sounds. I mean, just go out and buy real estate. It's not because not everybody gets it. I tried to show somebody one time. And if you're not a numbers person, it's going to be hard. So I would I would talk to them about it. And I, you know, I said and, and they would bring me a deal and said, man, this place has got great closets. Look at all this. And I looked at it and the back wall is falling off because the roof is leaked and it's, you know, it's rotted that whole wall out. So the whole focus for them was closets and arrangement. And I looked in the backyard, the pool probably been abandoned for about seven or eight years. So it's like, okay, they're not teachable. Can't coach, you know what I mean? So it's not for everybody. And so some people, they, you know, some people should invest with somebody else that can do the work. Some people can, can do the work. So we did, we put together crews like you do, and we did a lot of our own work. We oversaw a lot of it. We don't anymore. We hire we hired done because we just can't get to it. But, you know, I paid more for, I paid less for houses than a roof cost today. Wow. And so it's amazing stories. And uh, yeah, I bought an apartment complex one time for 410,000. And within a, within about eight months, I had an appraisal of a million four. But what I was going to say, <clears throat> I didn't know how good that project was. I just put a number on it that I could live with. And when I got in there, it was better. So a lot of times when we look at a deal, uh, we think of the things that can go wrong. But we a lot of times we don't look at the things that go right. And so, like, they can build a shopping center right next to your, your property and, uh, you know, make your property go up. But we're usually focused on, you know, what if some what if something bad happens? So. You know, I just I, I have to pinch myself and remember the things that can go really right. But if you go in uh, and you can get it at a good enough deal so you can cover downsides. But I've missed a lot of deals because I didn't think of all the the uh, of how good it could be. So anyway, just something to consider. Yeah. Well, and you've been in real estate long enough and you always hear people say, well, they're not making any more real estate and real estate values will always go up. Right. And so there are times in the cycle where the market might drop a little bit. Right. But do you still agree with that, that real estate will always go up in value or do you how do you feel about that? Okay, forever is not as long as it used to be. (laughs) Never is not as long as it used to be. If you look at what's going on in San Francisco, they're giving the mall back to the lender. They're giving the hotels back to the lender because they didn't for San Francisco, they didn't think about all the things that could go wrong. And so a lot of things have gone wrong. Uh, the, they blame it a lot on the pandemic. But, you know, the the political climate is not friendly to businesses. You know, the 
the the uh, a lot of the department stores, a lot of the the Walgreens, the the WalMarts, any of that stuff that's over there. There's too much theft. Theft is like legal over there if you don't steal more than a thousand dollars. Well, you know it doesn't work that way. So, you know, I, I would say you got to look at the business climate. You got to look at some other things too. But you got to get your feet wet because you can't be worried and 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 not do anything because you're paralyzed because you're never going to get ahead. So when you're younger, you don't have a lot to lose. So it's a great time to go out and and take your chances and you know so your so your fields and and uh, you know, yeah, you might get a drought, but you know what? You're going to be here next year to try it all over again. So. That's right. And we, we've all heard the saying, right? It's the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Well, the next best time is now, right? Yeah. So it's the same with real estate. Yeah, the best time to get started would have been in 1972, like you, but <clears throat> best time is now. And we, you know, we're um, with Hugh yesterday. Hugh talked about, you know, we make our money on the buy. We make our money on the fix. And then we make our money on the sell. And he also made a good point too. He says, I don't buy rents. I create rent, right? I create the cash flow. So those were very inspiring thoughts, in, in my opinion, from Hugh Hilton, who's done $7.6 billion worth of real estate. You know what I mean? He's, he's an amazing man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to somebody? Let's say we're a little bit more advanced. We've done some deals. We've been doing real estate for several years. What does it take to get to that next level from just doing the same thing over and over again in the single family space, expecting a different result? But, you know, maybe you have some success and you've got a good, healthy real estate portfolio of rental houses. But what does it take to get to that next level and to be able to scale without, you know, without going crazy, right? And doing too much of the work yourself, I think. Yeah, I mean, is it a job? And and as you do so many just yourself, you're exactly right. So. You know, we I look at several phases that, that I did and and I made, you know, we would sit down and talk to myself, you know, and I would answer. But it was about uh, transitioning. So how do I want to transition? How do I want to remake my life different than it is now? So five years, 10 years from now, uh, you know, it makes a difference. So if you do plant those seeds and started whatever it is you're investing, you're learning. And so as you're learning. You keep an eye out for opportunities that that could be bigger. Even if you're doing houses, start learning a little about commercial so that one day you can transition. So you want to, you, I think, also said that uh, he doesn't shoot where the puck is. He shoots where it's going to be. Right. So how can we shoot for the real estate deals where they're going to be down the road and not necessarily where they are today? So I'm looking at pivots today to, to change some of the stuff that I'm doing to go to the next level. And um, JT's always got something to, to offer, something new going on. But I'm also looking at, at you know, different things, too, from, from different people so that I'm not doing all the work but I can get higher return than I was getting uh, doing all the work. So, yeah, that's great. And so I like to talk to different segments of the population, right? You have the guy that has no money, uh, have this desire to get into real estate. They want financial freedom. So they have to go out and do the work. They got to go find the deals and bring the deals to the people with money. And then you have people with money who need to be, you know, have the team of people that are out there bringing deals to them. Right. So you're on one or the other. You're either, have money to invest or you're crazy like us, right? Where we do some of both. 
and right. you know, we invest in deals together and we also find deals on our own. So, sure. yeah, so that's, that's very important. And I think it's a mindset shift that people, you know, forget or they don't know, right? Like learning. So any, yeah. Anybody wants to do that, Phil, they, uh, they need to do what they say. They need, don't need to go out there and take risks with other people's money. They need to understand the situation and do what they say they're going to do. And not, I mean, we've all seen plenty of people, contractors on down to where they make a lot of promises, but they don't do what they they say they're going to do. And, and uh, you know, that's important. Yeah, very important. Very important. So do you have a mentor? I do. JT and and, and uh, Hugh Hilton are both. Uh, yeah. Mark Bates. Yeah. Um, he helped me a lot. And uh, coffee. Adam Coffee. Yep, that's right. So, and there's there's more, but yeah. Like <clears throat> for instance, I mean, I used to go to the bank, Bill, and uh, you know they they were like the experts. Well, they weren't, but I didn't know it. So I go in there and they would advise me on how to invest in real estate. They were not investors, but they thought they knew knew the most. So after I took my CCIMs, they started looking at me and no, you know more than we do. And so like I wanted to buy a shopping center one time and the uh, the guy I was buying it from was a pawn shop owner. And uh, the bank said, uh, we know he didn't sell anything cheap and we know you don't pay a lot. So we don't know how you two guys got together. We'll loan you the money, but we're going to have to get two appraisals on this property so that so we have our comfort level. And I said, well, that's fine. And they did loan me the money and it became a lot more valuable. But so people some sometimes they may be really sharp and everything and they don't sell stuff cheap, but sometimes they're motivated and, and they do sell. So you're looking for some of that motivation. You're looking for some understanding and some it's a lot of psychology, too. It's not just, uh, you know, the numbers. So like in, in this case, they had the shopping center. So I called the his talked to his wife and she said, well, you know, we've got a we've got a buyer. And I said, well, can I get the leases or anything? No, she said, I don't really want to pull with that. And I said, well, will you tell me how much you're selling it for? She said, six hundred thousand. I said, what if I give you six, ten? 610,000 and I don't need the leases. Yeah, you can have it. So, you know, just making those decisions on the, on the fly that they, it's, it's not necessarily sound like a good business practice, but, but I knew the area and, you know, there wasn't going to be things in the leases that were going to be a big problem. It sounded risky. So the same thing when I bought those apartments for 410 that later appraised for a million four, they had cracked slabs. The owner didn't own uh, any of the appliances. They were like, they didn't furnish appliances. They didn't maintain anything. But but I knew at 410, I could make the thing work. And I got in there and it was way better than I expected. And so I was able to make it worth a million four within eight months. So it's just, you know, it's just uh, build in some of that and, and uh, um, be creative. That's a good point. Being creative. And, you know, a lot of people that the question that's coming up, I, I have to believe is like, OK, well, where did the money come from? You started and, you know, right out of high school. Surely you didn't have money. And then you're putting these big deals together and making these big offers. Like wh what comes first? Is it the deal or is it the money? 
you know, for the for the average person, it, it would be a partner. I didn't find anybody back then to, to work with. So I felt like I had to learn all this among. But I, I would go, you know, I would go. Look, I looked at apartments, Phil, for eight years and I could not figure out how to buy one. I said, you know, there's just too many unknowns. I went to a seminar and I saw these people that I didn't think were as smart as I was and they were buying apartments. That's well, if they can do it, I know I can do it. So within a few months, I bought my first apartment. So going to seminars, listening to those people, but being around other people, joining real estate groups. Um, you know, we both have a friend that has real estate groups around Texas and, uh, you know, joining some of those groups and hearing other stories, even if you don't partner with the people, just hearing their stories and sharing takes the fear out of it because the unknown will 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 keep will paralyze you really. So, yeah, that's right. So, so I went to another seminar and I bought some more apartments and I went to another one and I bought some more. And then I couldn't afford to go any more seminars because I couldn't afford to buy any more apartments. So. <laughs> but, but but they were good. So. Yeah, I learned a, a lot. That's a great story. And it's very encouraging to know, like, hey, since 1972 until now, you're still going to networking events. You're still going to seminars. You still have mentors and people you look up to, even though you're uber successful, have, have had a lot of success. You're still getting coaching and mentoring. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So me too. You know, it's necessary. There's always there's always a next level. There's always somebody that knows something right. that they're willing to share with you that'll help you get to the next level. Right. And one one of the things Hugh uh, said too was uh, he, he was always but curious. So I'm curious about how somebody did a deal. I'm mm -hmm. curious how did they buy that, and so or how did they put that together? What did I miss or what did I see? We've all looked at things and say, you know, I wouldn't buy that. Somebody else does it. And, you know, I bought things and people said, well, why would you do that? And so there was even a guy in uh, those apartments, he he looked at it and he should know more about real estate than me, but I bought it with no contingencies. He said he would never buy anything with no contingencies. I mean, I bought that and I just, I agreed to buy it, but I, the price I was paying, I felt like it was in pretty good shape. And so even that shopping center I bought with, uh, you know, I paid them 10,000 more than the other people were going to pay, but you know. I wanted it and uh, I felt pretty good about it. So, yeah, I may not be able to do all the due diligence, but the price was was good enough. So I used to buy a lot of properties at auction. Wow. You know, I go look on Friday night, go to the auction on Saturday and buy them. Well, you don't know a lot. Most of the time, the utilities are not on. Uh, sometimes the you know pipes had leaked or pipes have been stolen. And so there's a lot of unknowns. You just got to price those in and make some decisions and and go for it. Yeah, they say no risk, no goodies, right? No risk, no reward. So yeah, well, it's all calculated risk. Remember that you uh -huh. don't want to take uncalculated risk. You want to look at the the possibilities and go with that. So that's what I would say. That's awesome. That's awesome. So with all of this experience and all of this wisdom, you know, what would you say? Like, give us some parting words to somebody that's getting started. And then next we'll talk about like, Hey, some parting words of wisdom for, you know, the guys that's had some success, but they're just kind of stuck. They're hitting that ceiling and they need to get to the next level. Yeah. So you're always in training for your next opportunity. And so, you know, 
I, right now I'm training for stuff I want to do five and 10 years out. You know, I want to be ready for those. But if I'm just going out and looking and doing the same thing I'm doing and looking for a few deals and I'm not training for the future, I, I'm not going to get the future I want. So what is that future for you? What do you what do you got your eyes set on? Uh, bigger, better, faster, more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bigger, better. And meet, meet, you know, meet more people. When I meet more people, you know, the, it encourages me to, to do bigger things. And then uh, uh, people come up, you know, it's like it's kind of a validation. They come up. So um, you, well, you can be, if you ask me, like, it, it, I don't feel like it used to be so sharing. Right. I felt like, you know, when I got started, everybody kind of tried to hold their information close to the best. Like it was a secret, like you have to have access or pay for access. But. But now everybody's more collaborative, in my opinion, and they're willing to share. I would say certain groups, because if you live in the trailer park, you can't tell the trailer park, I'm going to be successful and I go buy some rental property. What's the first things they're going to do? They're going to try to talk you out of it because that would make them look bad. So you've got to, if you're going to share and talk about stuff, you need to be in the group that's, that, uh, wants to be successful, but they would like you to be too. And so, uh, you know, if you're in the trailer park, you can stay in the trailer park. You can move out of the trailer park and bring all those people with you. And all you've done is change geography. So they're, they're not going to, you know, I used to tell my brothers, oh, you're not going to do that. So they'd try to talk you out of stuff. Well, I'm telling less and less people on, on where my next move is. So. Till I've made it. That's smart. <laughs> so, or, or keep it in the right group, in the rooms where in the group. actually people that you can do opportunities with. And that's what I've found through these, you know, high level coaching groups and things like that. It's like, you know, one of our coaches says, like, you go to these real estate events and it's broke people trying to network with broke people and trying to help like broke plus broke equals broke, right? The rooms that we get in, we're we're all collaborative. We're looking for opportunities. Hey, how can we joint venture together? How can I add value to you and you can add value to me? And eventually we can do some deals together, right? And that's what it's all about. So so one of it too is, is finding ways you can connect with people, not necessarily just what you're going to be doing. So like Hugh Hilton and I connected on frequency healing. I mean, who would ever thought? So, you know, but, you know, he loves this stuff and I love it. It's kind of a hobby for me, but I mean, we've connected on it. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, really. So tell us a little bit more about the frequency. That's some exciting stuff I'd like to hear more about. Well, the, it, it, Tesla and Einstein both said that the future of medicine will be frequency. So things in your body, they, they've mapped over 120,000 frequencies for the human body. So it's not just noise. It's not just songs. It's specific frequencies for specific things. If your side hurts, there's a frequency for it. If your back hurts, sciatica, whatever, there's a frequency for it. I have an uh, uh, allergy to dyes, artificial dyes. There's a frequency for it. If I play that frequency within five minutes, my swelling stops. If I take a Benadryl, it's 45 minutes to an hour. So it's it's amazing things. And, uh, you know, I, I I'm kind of cutting edge. I have some of the best equipment around that anybody's got. And I'm looking at another machine that's about $150,000 wow. because I can. 
but the connections I make with that will will be amazing too. So. Yeah, and the reason you can why it all started from real estate and being successful and doing real estate deals and and being successful there, right? So it's giving you the wealth that you desire to be able to you know play with this expensive hobby. <laughs> That's right. And change yeah. lives, right? It's life changing. My friend, you know, my personal health and wellness coach, and you've met him, Brian Johnson. He's all about the frequencies as well and body language, like what you just described. Like your body is speaking to you when you have a pain in a certain area. That's something that needs to be dealt with, right? Emotionally. And as you work through that, it helps you kind of release that and, and be able to keep moving forward. Yeah. So one of the things is they, they say vision. Most of the time, vision is not caused by problems with your eyes it's caused by emotions of other things in your body and so if you can clear those emotions you could throw your glasses away so i'm working on that as well i love that idea so, all right well let's go let's see if we can get rid of these glasses <laughs> i know it they said I, I didn't qualify for lasik for some reason so let's do let's do it so <laughs> that may be a good thing because if you can cure it with uh healing emotions then that's better than having the surgery. So that's great. That's awesome. Anyway. So Richard, that's that's great. Any last words that you wanna that you wanna say? No, just uh keep keep looking and and keep training for your next opportunity because you're always in training for your next opportunity. So I love it. That's awesome. And hey guys, that's a wrap for today's show here today. And if you'd like to hear my story on how I did my first deal and extra footage from other people that I interview, there'll be a link down in the comments. Just click the link uh, on the comments as well. And in addition, if you'd like for us to fund some of your deals, or if you have some deals or some capital that you'd like to fund for us, or if you'd like to be able to come to my office and check out my office, exactly what we do every single day, we'll put a link down below as well. And and But that's it for today. So Richard, thanks again for being on the show. And uh, look forward to having you again and seeing you at the next event and on the, our next deal together. So, Thanks, Philip. See you All soon. Right. See you soon. All right, guys, that was an amazing interview with Richard Fallon. So if uh, you also, if you want to introduce me to anybody that would be a great fit for me to interview on this podcast, that's always welcome. So do me a huge favor, like and share this podcast on Spotify or Apple. It really helps out a lot, especially if you give us a review, when you give us a review, and we really appreciate everybody here. So we'll see you next time on the first real estate deal on your way to millions. And this is Philip Warwick, and we'll catch you on the next show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Wherever you are, go out there and make it a great day, and I'll catch you on the flip side.